Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, where each week Jonathan and his co-host interview the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing. Jonathan, take it away. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 472. We've got a great special guest. We've got Craig Hewitt, and he's the founder of Castro, which is a podcasting um, platform that allows you to publish your podcasts and I'm all into podcasts and I've got my great co-host Adrian as well with me. Adrian, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to listeners and viewers? Hi everyone, my name is Adrian. I'm the CEO and founder of Groundhog and we build marketing automation plugins for WordPress. And Craig, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Yeah, so I'm Craig Hewitt. I'm the founder of Castos. We're a podcast hosting platform and also the owners of the Seriously Simple Podcasting WordPress plugin, which is uh, kind of why I'm here talking about uh, WordPress tools. Yep. And Craig is based in France, and we seem to have a slight time delay, listeners and viewers. So if there's a slight pause in the conversation, that's because he's across the Atlantic communicating, it, using the amazing technology of the modern age, p- pigeons probably. Uh, um, so um, <laughs> um, before we go into the main interview where we're going to be discussing why um, he developed Castrus, and why did he decide to use WordPress as a SaaS platform? And a couple of other great questions. I want to talk about our major sponsor, which is Kinster Hosting. Now, if you're looking for really quality hosting um, for yourself or for your clients, like for WooCommerce or you've got a membership website, I suggest that you go over to Kinster. We've been with them for over three years. They host the WP Tonic website. Um, it's been a really fantastic to host with them. And also they've been sponsoring the show for three years. And I just got to say, when I have to log into um clients hosting providers and it's a different interface to what I'm used to with Kinsta. You you soon realize that you can't go back after you've used Kinsta because the actual interface is tremendous. You've got like one click back up, a, a host of the features and it's so easy to use with the interface that Kinsta provides. Another factor is that you use Google the Google platform, so you get some of the best um, infrastructure on the market at the present moment. And thirdly, is their support. It's 24-7, but it's of such a quality compared to a lot of the competition that you really can't compare it. So if that sounds really interesting, go over to Kinsta and look at one of their packages for yourself or for your clients and buy. And the main thing is if you decide to do that is also tell them that you heard about them on the WP Tonic show. So, Craig, let's go into the interview part. Um, so what led you to develop Castus? You know, um, what, what led to the spark that led you to decide to go down this windy road? Yeah, so I've been in the podcasting world for almost five years now. Uh, I have my own podcast that's 210 episodes long or something like that at this point and uh, saw an opportunity for uh, kind of a, a, another player in the in the podcasting uh, space specific to WordPress when uh, the seriously simple podcasting plugin that we now own uh, came up for sale on the market. Uh, the original creator of the plugin, Hugh Lashbrook, 
uh, went, went to work at Automatic and uh, needed to, to kind of divest himself from any side projects and things like that to be able to focus on his on his work at Automatic. And so the plugin, which at the time was just a free plugin, there were no kind of premium add-ons or uh, any kind of monetization at all, came up for sale and uh, I bought it. And from there, we built the the Castos hosting platform that connects into the plugin. So uh, you can manage all of your podcasting content from your WordPress site, you know, the same pace you, you manage all the rest of your content, but your files are hosted on a dedicated podcast hosting platform, which is the Castos platform. So we manage both uh, the plugin, which we acquired and had a, a user base of, you know, something like 15,000 active installs. And then we built the hosting platform that integrates with it. So before I throw it over to my co-host, Agent, what what are some of the main features or the main things that um, if somebody's looking for um, to host their podcast that makes you more suitable than some of the other competition then, Craig? Yeah, I think the the, the big differentiator for us is obviously like our WordPress integration. So, um, you know, there's only other one other player in the market that has a, an integration with a plugin directly like we do. Um, we think we do things uh, a little bit better than, than everybody else. And I, I think we're really active both in the WordPress community and in developing the plugin for free users that don't use our hosting platform because it is surely optional to use our hosting platform. Um, but just the the suite of features that we have within the plugin itself, I think is really kind of second to none. Um, yeah, and then I think on the on the hosting platform side of things, um, you can use Castos with WordPress or without it. You can use it as a standalone tool. Um, but we've built a lot of uh, extensibility to the platform to to kind of repurpose your content and allow you to to promote your show more easily. So we have integrations with tools like Headliner to create audiograms. We do YouTube republishing, so you can take uh, an audio-only recording, convert it to a video file, and publish it automatically to your YouTube channel. And we have things like automated transcription. So without having to upload a file to something like Rev.com or Timmy, you just publish your podcast episode, we transcribe it, automatically spit back that transcription file to your dashboard in a few minutes. Um, and so all these kinds of things are ways to to repurpose and extend your podcast content without you doing a whole bunch of extra work. Cause all these things exist on their own, but we've done a lot to, to automate them. So Adrian can probably appreciate the, the power of, of automation and you as a podcaster or a content creator, not going to a whole bunch of trouble to, to repurpose or extend your content. It's all done automatically so that you as the content creator can go and focus on the higher value, higher leverage things that only you can do. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Over to you, Adrian. So you mentioned that uh, well, while we were talking about why you developed Castos, you mentioned that you started elsewhere, that you have your own podcast. I'd love to know just a little bit about your story and your journey up to becoming what is essentially at this point a product developer uh, and, and, the, and the transition from podcaster to, to product maker. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting journey. I, I definitely don't, uh, so I'm not a developer I don't have a, a technical background. I have an engineering degree, but not a, like a developer background. And so um, my, my role really is as a product person, I would say. So at this point, um, I, I consider myself like our, our chief product officer, I guess. Uh, with Big, uh, you know, big, I have big like ideas in of, the UI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I think, but I think that's really important because I think it's... Um, you know, good developers um, are really important. Um, good good designers and UX people are really important. But but to have a person that has a lot of domain knowledge to guide 
you know, the ship, if you will, to say, this is what we need to build. And maybe we're ahead of the market. Maybe our customers aren't even asking for this yet. But but if we build this, they're going to say, you know, wow, this is like the best thing ever. Um, so there's like the Henry Ford thing of saying, like, if you asked, if he asked people what they needed, it would be a faster horse, right? But what they really needed was a car. They just didn't know it yet. And, and so I'm certainly not Henry Ford, but I, I like to think that, I mean, I've been podcasting for five years uh, and, and have kind of done and seen a fair amount. And so I think I know what a lot of people that are podcasting want and need, and, and hopefully we've built a tool that kind of meets that need. So were you a, were you an entrepreneur like first or like a podcaster first, or I'm, I'm just curious at like where it started. Yeah. So, so my, my podcast is called Rogue Startups and it really started when I was, you know, what, like a lot of people call a entrepreneur. Um, I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I was working a day job. Uh, I didn't have an idea. I didn't have a business, but I just really liked the space. I liked listening to other podcasts that talked about online business and software and things like that. But I hadn't really started my journey yet. And I think that's, I think that's kind of typical. Like, I think there's a lot of people that are scared to quit their day job. You know, in the U.S., there's things like healthcare that are really big questions that you have to go figure out on your own. Um, but but people are interested in the space that that might never like get started down that road. And, and that was me. Um, and, and I landed on my first kind of business as an entrepreneur through the podcast and, and kind of some of the things I learned there. Um, but yeah, I definitely started as a entrepreneur and then kind of grew into, you know, the business that I run now. Awesome. Jonathan? That sounds great. So, you know, the other question I was going to ask you, why use WordPress as a SaaS pl- platform? I'd imagine because, you know, when you were telling us you bought this plugin, but I suppose it still doesn't necessarily mean that you would have to build the SaaS on WordPress. So I'm interested in what, first of all, is it built on WordPress? And secondly, why did you decide to use WordPress? Yeah, so our our marketing site is definitely on WordPress. So castos.com is definitely on WordPress, hosted with Kensta. Uh, and I agree that they're wonderful. They're our fourth host that we've been with, and uh, I'm, I'm very particular, and they've been absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, so our marketing site, castos.com, our podcast, you know, posts and blog and marketing site is all on uh, on WordPress. The application that, that drives the hosting platform is built in Laravel, so PHP. Um, and we did that just because I think it's a little more uh, customizable and extensible than, than WordPress. Um, but we, we definitely looked at using WordPress and things like user management and concept of posts and things like that to, to build the SaaS app, um, but ultimately decided on kind of rolling our own solution. All right. Over to you, Adrian. So how, how long has Castus been around now? Uh, right at three years. Right at three years. So a good, in technology years, that's a good long while. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'd love to know if there's, uh, uh, as, a, as a product maker myself, I'm in and around probably just over a year, maybe a year and a quarter uh, into my own product. And then I had another product before then. So like total years of being a product maker, probably around like three or four like yourself, although not not nearly as large. I'd love to know what your... Uh, kind of like biggest experiences or bring his learning opportunities out of like, you know, be, being a podcaster, becoming a product maker, and then that kind of like becoming seasoned over the years. What are the some of the biggest things that you've learned 
that for other product you think other product makers might find useful? Yeah, so I'll talk specifically to non-technical founders. And I think that might be like the minority of your of your audience, but I think a lot of even technical founders at some point will give that up. And so they have to learn this at some point. Um, and the, the biggest uh, challenge that I have had and that our development team has had, uh, because it's, you know, maybe my shortcoming is um, getting what's in my head into a a feature document with scope and wireframes and UI and a list of requirements that they can go implement and feel confident in implementing the first time without us having, you know, eight rounds of revisions. And, you know, they're not mind readers. And I admittedly am not like great at expressing exactly what I want. Um, but I definitely know what I want. And so that's kind of a like a dangerous uh, combination. Um, and, and I think that's been the most challenging thing for all of us is to say, like, I know what I want this feature to look like. I try my best to describe that in a bunch of different ways. Um, and and that's, that's really been the biggest thing that we've improved a lot to where now we do it, I think, really well. Um, but at the beginning, it was it was a slog and it was a lot of misunderstandings and it's all my fault because I just had a, a hard time, you know, really describing in the level of detail and in the language that a developer can understand. So what's your uh, process going to be successful? Yeah. So our pro- it's, I, I think for the size team, we're, we're five full-time people and, and three freelancers. So for our, for our size team, it's really robust. Um, so, so I start with a, a really kind of plain English, list of requirements of what we want to build. So say like our, our headliner integration that, that we just released, I'll say we want to integrate with headliner. Headliner is a tool that creates audiograms. So these will look video things with the waveforms that you see on Twitter and stuff like that. Uh, and so I say, we want to integrate with headliner. Um, this is what it's going to do. So when a user clicks on this button, then we open this modal and we open the headliner app and they go do it. And that's going to return back the media, the, the video URL into the Castos dashboard for that episode. And so I write this just like that in plain English. Uh, and then I go into our app and I screenshot and annotate the screenshots to say like the button should go here. And when you click this, it should open this other window and it should look like this. And I try to give some really, really basic wireframes uh, of what I think things should look like. And then I have a call with a developer on our team that's going to implement this. And and we just talk through it real time. And I share it with him. And he asks a bunch of questions and clarifies what I've said. And, and I think that that part goes a long way to me refining exactly what I want and being really clear about it. Uh, and then him understanding and having the confidence to go kind of implement it from there. Um, and then they go implement it. And then we have a, you know staging and a, and a production environment. Everything goes on staging. We all kind of play around with it on staging uh, and then release it to, to the customers when it's ready. So how long does that, I'm just curious, how long does that process take? The, like the scoping and the shaping of a feature takes um, a couple of days, you know, not full time, but, but I kind of sit and stew on it and work on it and send it over to them and they have questions. Then we have a call. So a couple of days and then the feature just, you know, however long the feature takes. Right on. Very cool, and uh, I I'm a technical founder, so I can I can appreciate the uh, like the level of or the amount of time that goes into 
designing features and, and, and getting them to look just right. And uh, I also have myself like, because I'm a technical founder. So usually when I want to build something, I literally, I literally start with writing code instead of like wireframes or drawings or anything. And oftentimes that's not really the best way to go about it. It's having that kind of process where you kind of go through that, especially since you have a development team is, is, is definitely valuable. Jonathan? Yeah, we're going to go for a break and we'll be back and we'll be discussing uh, with Craig all things around podcasting and why he built his product. We'll be back in a few moments, folks. Are you a WordPress consultant, designer, or small digital agency owner? Then you need WP Tonic as your trusted white-label developer partner for your next big e-learning or WooCommerce project. WP Tonic has the knowledge to help you build out custom functionality that your clients need in LearnDash, Lifter LMS, and WooCommerce. WP Tonic is well-known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with a full, no-question-asked, 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Find out how WP Tonic's white-label services can help your agency today. Go to wp-tonic.com's homepage and book a free consultation with Jonathan. That's wp-tonic, just like the podcast. We're coming back. We've had a good discussion so far, I feel. We've been dealing with the time delay between France and England reasonably well. Um, so, Craig, um, what are some of the main major surprises on this three-year um, windy road of um, that you've gone down? What are some of the things that have come up that were a little bit of a surprise that you didn't anticipate? Yeah, I think the the one of the from a product perspective, the biggest surprise has been uh, how difficult really good UI and UX is. Um, we have uh, we have a really wide range of customers from super technical developers to people that don't know how to use WordPress and and don't know what a podcast is but want to start one. And to to build a tool that is both simple to use, um, and I mentioned like our, our platform is really uh, extensible and, and um, has a lot of kind of integrations. So, so the core of it needs to be really simple to use, mm-hmm. but you need to be able to extend it really easily, both on the WordPress side with our with our plugin and on the hosting and the app side. And, and so, to to create an experience that people can get value from really quickly and really easily, but that power users can really come in and get a lot of value from, is a, is a really challenging thing. I think to create something that is simple is a lot harder than to create something that's complex. And uh, we always, we always kind of just run up against this, um, this balance of, of creating a really powerful feature or a cool integration and it being just really like transparent pass through to like our customers and their experience and their publishing. That's great. Over to you, Adrian. So you have a podcasting hosting platform. So I imagine that, you either like hear or see or have experience with a lot of podcasts. Uh, and I'd love to know what kind of like, if you were, if you were to like take three tips out of a top hat and say that if you're not doing these things for your podcast, you're seriously missing out on, on potential growth. So if there are three things that you could pick out after seeing all of the trends from, from the people on your platform, as well as your own podcast, what, what would those three things be in order to help, uh, potentially small, smaller podcasters grow their audiences. Yeah, so I think the first one is is really obvious, but really hard to do, and it is to create really awesome content. Um, because a bad podcast 
he, especially now here, the first part of 2020 is going to get you killed, right? So if you guys are creating the same podcast as everyone else in the WordPress space, no one is going to listen because they're going to go listen to the show they're already subscribed to and they're not going to come check out your stuff. But if you're able to, and that's through better interviews or more dynamic content or doing things like Facebook Live, create a different podcast and different content, a different experience for your listeners, then you have a chance to be successful. So I think that's the first one. And, and like I said, it seems really simple, but to, to implement it, I think is really difficult. Um, the second one is building a community around your podcast. Uh, so you mentioned like your Facebook page or a Facebook group is even better or a Slack channel or discord or whatever. Um, but somewhere to continue the discussion with your listeners in between episodes. Um, the people that do this really well, um, have more than a podcast, right? They have a podcast, but they really have a brand. And the podcast is a way to connect with their audience. Uh, it's not the only thing they have. Um, and I think kind of to, to layer onto that is, is to, to own maybe the only thing that you own in podcasting is not like subscribers and iTunes because iTunes could change the rules and uh, you know your subscribers might not go away, but your ranking would tomorrow. And Facebook could close down Facebook groups but to build an email list uh, of email addresses that you own 100% and can email those people and contact them whenever you want is, I think, amazingly still here in 2020, uh, like the most valuable marketing asset that we all have. And I think very few podcasters do a really good job of this, uh, myself included, uh, admittedly. I, I could do a lot better at this. It is being diligent and deliberate about... Um, getting in touch with your listeners through email. Um, again, just because Facebook and Facebook groups might just go away, who knows? Uh, but but email, I don't think ever is going to go away. And I Well, email I is like the so only like decentralized school when I say that. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel so bad when I say that and I feel really old. But um, I mean, you look at tools like, I don't know if you guys remember Blab from a few years ago. Mm. Everybody thought Blab was going to be like the best thing ever and it's going to replace podcasting and Spotify is going to buy them. And they just went out of business like one week. And you're just like, holy crap, like this is, uh, you know, a lot of people built their whole platform on Blab and um, that's just really risky. And, you know, email is never going to go away. Yeah, it's the only truly decentralized thing. Um, but but I think podcasting is kind of like that, right? Like, um your RSS feed is your RSS feed, especially if you base it like on your, your WordPress site, because no one's going to take away your WordPress site. Um, and, and people can subscribe to your podcast directly through your RSS feed. So places like Apple Podcasts are, are really just search engines of RSS feeds. Um, and so like to an extent, podcasting is really decentralized. Uh, it's not YouTube. You know, it's not the audio version of YouTube where everything happens on YouTube. Um, it really happens from your feed and your feed can be listed a bunch of places like Stitcher and Google podcast and Apple, but, but it still is your feed and you could have people subscribe to your show directly without ever knowing what Apple podcast is. From, from what you're saying, it sounds like almost, cause I want to go back to where you mentioned, you know, you, uh, when you were talking about community, you need to have a place to continue the conversation for your podcast. And, and you said something in particular, you're really like building, a, you're not really building a podcast, you're building a brand. And I see the people that do like podcasting really, really, really well is that they're, they're not, they don't self-identify as I do a podcast and that's my business. They really self-identify as like, they have like a, like they have like a purpose and a mission value, just like any sort of like regular 
busy. You know, I help people do X and accomplish this in a set amount of time or something like that. And really the podcast serves as a channel for them to communicate with their audience because some people prefer reading, some people prefer listening, and they're really just using podcasting as, as a channel. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on, do you think that it's possible to be super successful, like doing podcast only and that that's like your thing and for whatever reason, or do you see it like you should really be striving to sort of build out podcasting as a channel of your overall kind of like mission purpose value statement or whatever? Uh, yeah, so I definitely think it should be a part of your overall kind of repertoire. Uh, and, and and I would I would ask... You know, if you're asking this question of yourself or the listeners are, are asking this question of themselves, I would ask, do you know of a podcaster that only podcasts and you don't see them on social media or you don't get emails from them or you don't see them on YouTube or whatever? Uh, and, and when I'm asking myself this, the answer is definitely no, right? Even like Joe Rogan, right? Joe Rogan is everywhere. He is a super successful podcast and that's definitely like the thing, but he does everything else as well. Um, and I would say as you get more niche, and less mass market like Joe Rogan or Tim Ferriss or something, that the need to connect with your audience where they want to consume content and how they want to consume content gets even more important um, because you can't just alienate 30% of your audience right. uh, by only doing a podcast or 70% of your audience by only doing a podcast. Um, but I think the other thing to consider, again, like going back to content and like creating really good content is podcasting and the audio medium lends itself to some really interesting conversations that aren't good for like written format or aren't good for video. Um, and so I think if you look at like, how do I want to create this piece of content that I have in my, in my mind, it might be at best for a podcast and it might not. So to only do a podcast, I think you're missing out on some of the stories you can tell, some of the ways you can engage with and provide value to your listeners that, that might be better in another medium. So it's really, so I guess the, the lesson takeaway from it is like, you know, it's all, it's all well and good to like want to start a podcast, but there needs to be some sort of like higher, higher level purpose that you can use podcasting as a channel to, to, uh, what am I, distribute that knowledge and information and, and, and the wealth that you have to offer and not to sort of distance yep. yourself from possibly going down other roads as well you know, videos, YouTube, vlog, blogging, all of the other channels that exist in order to communicate with people. Yep, absolutely. Awesome. Jonathan? Yes, we're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Um, Craig's agreed to stay on and we're going to have some bonus content. I'm going to be asking Craig what's the difference between podcasting and having a YouTube channel and also that he's part of the incubator that Rob Whaling uh, has developed and how helpful that was so it should be an interesting continuance of the discussion which you'll be able to see um, and listen to on the WP Tonic website um, Craig what's the best way um, for people to um, learn more about you and your product. Yeah, so we're at castos.com, C-A-S-T-O-S, uh, and you can go over there and check us out there, send us a message. We'd love to chat. I uh, just mentioned that you saw us here on, on WP Tonic Podcast, uh, and we'd love to chat with anybody if you have any questions about podcasting, both you know technical and how do I do this, or content and strategy perspective. We love helping folks out both ways there. 
And Craig's been really generous. He, um, for the um, WP Tonic Tribe, if you're interested in um, podcasting, um, he's offered 50% off the normal rate, and that 50% applies for the first three months. So I think that's an excellent offer. To get that, he's given us the coupon code WP Tonic, all lowercase. And that will be in the show notes. So if you um, don't worry, folks, if you um, need to see it up, uh, I'll make sure it's in the show notes. Um, Adrian, how can people find out more about you and what you're up to? So when we were talking about channels and things that uh, podcasters can do better, one of the things that Craig mentioned was building an email list. Uh, if you, but building an email list can be expensive sometimes. There's lots of solutions out there and there's, uh, and some of them are quite costly, especially when you get up to the, when you start doing those monthly fees. Now, Groundhog, which is uh, my company, uh, offers you a solution to install a complete CRM marketing automation tool suite directly on your WordPress website. So you can start building your email list for essentially $0. You can go to Groundhog uh, with 2Gs.io to find out more about how you can get started. And like I said, Adrian's product is fantastic. Um, also, if you want to support the show, go over to the WP Tonic website and join our newsletter list. Um, I've revamped it. It's going to have a new look. Um, at the end of March, um, anybody that joins in February to March, any new subscriber, one of you is going to win up win a prize up to $100 as a little thank you. And we're going to announce the winner at the last show of March. So go over to the WP Tonic website and sign up for our newsletter. So we're going to wrap up the show. It's been a great discussion. Remember, you can listen to more of our discussion with Craig by going to the WP Tonic website. We'll be back next week with another fantastic guest or we'll have an internal discussion between me and Adrian uh, around a subject that will help you be more successful in your WordPress business in 2020. We'll see you soon, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 